today on Agnius Daily. We get calls along a, a wide spectrum of reasons and topics. Um, so anything from financial hardship to legal issues to disaster. Well, listeners, welcome to Wednesday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. We are sitting here May 24th, 2023. Just Tanner hanging out with you today. So we will keep headlines a little bit shorter before we get into another conversation around mental health here during Mental Health Awareness Month. I uh, want to keep resources and those available to everybody at the tips of your fingers and I guess your ears in the form of a podcast like this. I always like to start off with some weather. Storms are brewing in uh, the Kansas, Oklahoma area. Unfortunately, there's some marginal risk of strong winds and quarter-sized hail that comes with that, says the National Weather Service. Chances for rain will continue through Thursday into the weekend. Some isolated flash flooding could be possible due to the precipitation. Scattered thunderstorms are expected to move slowly across to Kansas and western central Missouri today. The heavy rainfall could be in some of those areas as well, again, with more possible thunderstorms this weekend. A powerful thunderstorm, though, went through Huntsville, Texas. Storm damage on Tuesday brought powerful winds and rain to the town. The National Weather Service reported wind gusts of almost 60 miles per hour. This location is about 80 miles north of Houston, Texas. Huntsville residents have been left with signs and storm damaged trees and power lines that are toppled to the ground. There are snapped power poles limiting the power availability to some of its residents. There is uh, branches, trucks, and debris blown throughout the entire town. So we will keep listeners in that area of the U.S. Uh, part of our thoughts for today as they dig out and recover. We do have reports from USA Today that a 30-ton shipment of explosive chemicals went missing from a rail car after a trip across the western part of the United States. The chemical that can be used for either fertilizer or explosives was found missing once the rail car got to California, where it was destined. Loaded with more than 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, the rail car left Cheyenne, Wyoming on April 2nd. The Union Pacific Railway is telling USA Today. Two weeks later, it was found empty at its stop in California in the Mojave Desert. According to the report filed the, to the National Response Center earlier this month, uh, they're stating here that the seals were not broken from the original car, leaving the original place of being loaded. So they suspect that there was a leak. However, we will continue to keep an eye on this to see if this is some type of a process against agriculture or if there is potential further destruction coming along out of that. Kind of a light story to follow that one as we look to a school in Iowa is helping students flourish with a livestock barn. Two years ago, Central Decatur Community Schools District Ag Program in Leon, Iowa, used a USDA farm to school grant to purchase a farrowing trailer. The first two litters were raised off campus by ag students. Although this was a great experience, it still was only experienced by a couple of students. Meanwhile, they continued to broaden their ag program, some using their abilities and resources to raise broilers that the lunch program could use. 
This project was made possible by local parents, but in 2022, they wanted to start raising pigs that they were farrowing at their school, as well as calving out a couple of cows. The trailer out of the blue was given to them as part of the grant proceeds here. And now students have the ability to watch sows farrow in this livestock program. So kind of neat to see students being able to get a firsthand experience there in Leon, Iowa. But we could see more grants just like this. The USDA is putting more than $394 million into infrastructure in rural areas. Nearly 2 million people in small towns will benefit from projects that will improve housing, healthcare, infrastructure, and education in eight different states, including Puerto Rico. Oh, and additionally, Puerto Rico. Secretary Tom Vilsacks made this announcement that the grants, loans, and loan guarantees for 52 projects through their Rural Partners Network. The largest award was a little over $140 million to the Georgia Transmission Corporation, a cooperative in the Atlanta suburbs for electrical infrastructure in Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Funds also went to Alaska, Arizona, Kentucky, Mississippi, New Mexico, North Carolina, West Virginia, and Puerto Rico. Launched in April of 2022, the Rural Partners Network is run by the USDA and is using a whole government approach to help rural communities tap into economic development resources. Also on Monday, the USDA announced $265 million in cost share funding for 28 emergency watershed protection infrastructure projects. That's a mouthful. Projects will include stream bank stability, stabilization, uh, flood prevention, watershed restoration, and more. We'll continue to keep an eye on those projects to see if any further announcements have been made. But as we now look at the National Bio and Agro Defense Facility, they are preparing to lead a foreign animal disease science review. Nearly two decade strategy has now been put in place to better protect our country from the risk of foreign animal diseases. This is now uh, coming to fruition. As of Wednesday, the USDA and Kansas officials will formally hold their ribbon cutting for their new campus. The NBAF, as dubbed, will have a state-of-the-art animal disease lab in Manhattan, Kansas, replacing a 68-year-old animal defense center on Plum Island, New York. The small island just off the northern tip of Long Island this new project is 48 acres, and the campus is larger than the entire island just previously described. It's a $1.25 billion project, and it will be fully operational here next year in 2024. It will have nearly a 600,000 square foot lab that will be used to analyze the highly contagious foreign animal diseases, as well as help create ways to prevent them from coming in. The NBAF started in 2004 as a directive from President George W. Bush and will continue to work with the keys of providing safety and security on biosafety levels for livestock and all animal producers. The World Health Organization cites that between 60 and 75% of the new and emerging 
infectious diseases are zoonotic, which means they come and can be transported through animals. So that is exciting, especially for our friends in Kansas to have such a large facility in their area. I know we had talked about the theft of meat and the ring of defendants that are being arrested. There have been more arrests now since the last time we reported on that article. Three additional Florida men plead guilty to charges stemming from their frozen beef and pork thefts through packing plants distrib distribution channels. The total is now nearly $9 million in losses. Each man, can, each man can face up to 10 years in prison, and they do have three separate plea agreements that they can take as a potential here. Prosecutors, however, are going to recommend 18 to 24 month sentences for each as a beginning. And uh, this will now take place in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida. In addition, each of the men are expected to pay more than $200,000 in total restitution, which seems like a small amount compared to the $9 million in losses. In October 2022, police arrested the first members of this circle for stolen goods and money laundering. Now that those three men have entered their plea of guilty, they have also revealed others that had helped them in this case. Official sentencing for these individuals will take place on July 26th in that same court facility. Like I said, news is going to be short today. Appreciate you hanging out with me. A couple of more headlines coming out of Russia and Ukraine. There are confirmed nine people were hospitalized after those drone attacks uh, from the anti-Putin Russians that claimed the launch on Monday. The Ukrainian-based Freedom for Russia states that their surprise attack is as part of their plan for the complete liberation of Russia. Ukraine still states that it's holding on to part of Bakhmut, despite Russia officials saying they've seized the entire eastern city. Russia is continuing to build their relationship with China. The Russian prime minister is visiting China where he's predicting a bilateral trade agreement that will hit a record $200 billion this year. We'll see now if Beijing honors that proposal and will throw Moscow a economic lifeline to say the least, uh, to see if they can circumvent some of the Western sanctions that have been put in place. So quite an interesting work about. It does say here that Ukraine was given a heads up about that cross-border raid from the uh, anti-Putin nationals. Kiev was given advance warning about the cross-border raid by the Freedom for Russia Legion and Volunteer Corp. That provided them the opportunity to assist in inflicting more injury and pain and destruction. Uh, Ukraine decided not to act on that. But folks, that's what I've got for the news and headlines today. Always appreciate you hanging out with me here as we record these solo podcasts. Again, if you've got headlines or you've got people that you want us to talk to, we are happy to take any and all of your listener suggestions. And as we look at markets today, we've got a little bit of mixed overnight trade. Grains for the July contract were up a penny. They will open this morning at 577 even. December contracts up a penny as well, opening at 517 and a quarter. 
soybeans July front month contract is opening at 13.22 November soybeans down two cents in the overnight opening at 11.87 and a quarter wheat down across the board in the overnight July's contract will open at 6.21 even December wheat contract at 6.51 and a half livestock markets are also a little bit mixed mostly down in the overnight June live cattle contract is opening at 164.27. The August contract 162.57. Feeder cattle uh, front month May up just a little overnight will be 207.80 and the August contract at 233.47. Lean hogs are down across the board. June and July, both sitting at a little over $80. So thanks again for hanging out with us today, taking the news headlines, getting your market updates. But now let's jump into a conversation around what resources are available, whether you speak English or Spanish. Well, listeners, as Mental Health Awareness Month is upon us, we had the pleasure of an opportunity to get this conversation scheduled today. We welcome... Caitlin Arnold Stefano, who is the hotline program manager with FarmAid, to discuss one of their latest offerings for uh, maybe you, possibly, as one of our listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Thank you. This is exciting news. Yes, thanks for joining us. This is exciting news for those of us that either speak Spanish or know somebody that speaks Spanish, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so so the Farm Aid Hotline has been around since 1985, since the very beginning of the organization. And as of October, we are now offering our hotline services in Spanish. So we are very, very excited about it. Um, we also recently just translated our Farmer Resource Network, which is our online free searchable database of resources nationally for farmers, and that is all available in Spanish as well. So let's go back to the beginning for our listeners. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and then also tell us a little bit about FarmAid. Sure. Yeah, so um, I'm the hotline program manager at FarmAid. I've been here since October, 2021. And I run our hotline team. We have a team of six uh, that works directly with our hotline and our farmer resource network. We answer the hotline Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So we've got people um, on both coasts and in the middle. <laughs> um, and we are all, uh, we all have experience with farming in, in some way or another, whether it's through our family or directly. Um, so when you call us, you're really, you know, farmers are talking to to folks that do understand what it means to be a farmer in America today. And FarmAid has been around since 1985. It was started out of the 1980s farm crisis by Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Neil Young. And we have kept going. We're, we're still going 38 years later. Um, we still do our yearly concert that moves around the country and raises raises money that we then re-grant out to smaller organizations around the country that are working directly with farmers. 
And then we run our, obviously run our hotline and our farmer services program as well. Galen, I actually, I was, have been very familiar with Farm Aid, but I didn't realize that it was started by those three singers. So that's kind of an interesting tidbit yeah. today. Um, and obviously the hotline is a big part of what you guys do alongside the concert and some of those other efforts you mentioned, but I'm curious, why make the decision to create a Spanish language hotline specifically? Yeah, so it's something we've been thinking about for for several years, um, but didn't really have the funding or the capacity to put towards it. And then we became a partner on the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network Regional Grant in the Northeast. So the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network came out of the 2018 Farm Bill, and it um, provided four region the four regions of the country with money specifically to build out their networks around farmer stress and farmer mental health support. So through becoming a partner on that grant, uh, they really wanted to focus on um, farm workers and supporting those that had been traditionally underserved or um, just not recognized as needing needing assistance, not getting the resources that that they needed. Uh, so through that grant, we were able to get funding to fund our our new Spanish hotline operator. And we launched that in October and then started working on the translation of, of our resource tool as well. So if we've got a listener that ends up calling into your hotline or makes a recommendation for somebody to do so, what type of an experience will they have? Yeah. So, you know, we get calls along a, a wide spectrum of reasons and topics, um, so anything from financial hardship to legal issues to disaster, you know, after a climate disaster, we we typically see an uptick of calls um, navigating USDA and FSA programs. Um, and then a lot of beginning farmers who are, you know, maybe just getting started or still in their first 10 years looking for resources, uh, looking for funding. You know, they might need a specific piece of equipment or need to build some infrastructure. Um, so we're just going to, you know, we're, we're available. We're, we have training on many different areas. Um, so a farmer is going to call us. We're going to talk through whatever situation they're in. And we're going to find the best resources for them locally, regionally, and nationally. We also just are here for support. So even if someone, you know, isn't calling for a specific reason, but just feels like they need a listening ear because farming is hard and stressful and challenging, uh, we do that too. So we're here for support. We're here for resource finding. We're here for navigating tough situations. Um, and again, like I said, all of us have experience with farming in some way or another. I was a farmer for 12 years before I started doing nonprofit work with farmers. So we really bring that lived experience um, and understand what it means to be a farmer in America today. And so I think, you know, we we hope that farmers are going to feel comfortable calling and talking to us because we do we do know what they're going through and we do understand. And when you look at 
Hispanic farmers or Spanish speaking farmers. Tell us a little bit more about the demographic you're hoping to hit and what are some of the efforts you're doing to reach out to these folks to let them know, hey, this resource is available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, farm workers in this country are in a really precarious spot. Um, If someone's undocumented, they, you know, they're not eligible for a lot of services or resources, and they might also feel scared to reach out for support. They might be in a, an employment situation that is not good for a myriad of reasons, and they might not have anyone that they feel like they can talk to. So that's, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to reach those folks too, because it's not only farm owners that need support in our country. Every farm owner needs employees, needs help. Um, so for every farm owner, there's some, there's employees, there's farm workers, um, and we want to make sure that those people are supported as well and they're they're able to be healthy and safe um, so that they can keep working on the farms. Um, they're a huge part of our food system. And, you know, I think that's often just overlooked um, because they might be undocumented or they might not speak English. Um, so we just want to make sure we're recognizing the farm system as a whole, which means, you know, not only family family farmers who are farm owners, but also, you know, multi-gen farmers with farmers who are trying to take over their family's land, for example, or beginning farmers who are first-gen farmers and don't have that in their family, and they're just trying to get started out with, you know, from scratch, Um, but also the the people that are working on these farms and um, are kind of invisible a lot of the time. So, we want to make sure we're supporting them as well. And yeah, it's a slow build. You know, Farm Aid is not known for its work with Spanish speakers or with um, farm workers. So we're we're slowly getting the word out. We're doing a lot of trying to build partnerships with other organizations that have been doing this work for a long time and letting them know like, hey, we have this resource now. What can we learn from you? Can you let your folks know about this? Um, we're trying to go to more conferences that are focused on Spanish speaking farmers and farm workers, uh, hoping to do some Spanish radio interviews as well. So, you know, trying to get the word out, slow build, but, um, it's, it's, it's starting. We're, we're starting to get more calls. So we've got a helpful group of listeners that tune into our podcast and, is there something that they can do to help push this mission forward or help farm aid out in general? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, if, if you're not a farmer and you, you know, a farmer or you have a neighbor farmer or some farmers in your community, um, just try to get to know them, you know, farmers. I think we often feel just overlooked. Uh, you know, we're, Farmers are so important and it is, but it's not valued. It's not valued as a career that is, you know, we're underpaid. Um, we get no vacation. We typically have no healthcare. Um, there's no backup plan. Right. And it's not seen as a career that's prestigious or, you know, really held high in our society. Um, so yeah, I'd say just, you know, reach out to a farmer. If you're not a farmer yourself, reach out, 
Um, if you are a farmer, just know that you can call us, uh, 1-800-FARM-AID. We're, you know, here Monday through Friday. Um, if you call us on the weekend, you can leave a message. We'll call you back as soon as we can. And if you don't think you, you know, you might think, oh, I don't know if I should call. I don't know if my situation warrants it. Call us anyways. We really, we really talk to anyone that calls us and no situation is like too small. Um, and no question is too small. Uh, we want to, we want to support you. So, yeah. So Caitlin, before we let you go, fill our listeners in on how they can reach out to the hotline, what number they, you can utilize to call in. Yeah. So you can call us at 1-800-FARM-AID, which is 1-800-327-6243. You can also go online to farmaid.org slash resources. And there you can, uh, farmers can actually fill out an online request for assistance form. So, you know, we know that not everyone wants to actually call and talk to somebody or they might not feel ready for that. So we do have that online form and that um, automatically, you know, comes into the hotline and we'll respond to that just in the way we would as if someone called us. Uh, you can also on our resources page, find that link to our farmer resource network, which I referenced earlier. That's our free online searchable database of resources nationally that are useful. And we have a very strict vetting process for that. So we only put stuff up there that we know is going to be useful to farmers. And that's, um, again, it's free. You don't have to create a login. You don't have to put your email or anything. And that is available fully in Spanish as well. Awesome. awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. We appreciate you hanging out with us today and letting our listeners know about the latest developments. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again, listeners, for hanging out with us here on Wednesday. We appreciate you. Delaney will be back. Don't you worry. So stick with us. But for today, I'm going to let you go. So have a good one.